Welcome to Spirit in the Schools, a show revealing the Holy Spirit through self-gift and education. And now, here's your host, Mr. Zach Coyle. Spirit in the Schools. Welcome back, listeners, to Spirit in the Schools, where we share stories from education that reveal God's presence and offer practical responses for family life. I'm your host, Zach Coyle, principal of St. Vincent de Paul in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Today's episode is titled, Self-Control Grows with Self-Discipline. And we'll be looking at how this happens in schools and families, and especially at St. Francis University here in Fort Wayne. I am here today with three of my colleagues from the University of St. Francis, Dean of Education, Dr. Mary Riepenhoff, welcome, Dr. Juanita Oberly, and Dr. Dan Torlone. It is great to have you all here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks Thank for inviting us. Thank we are so excited to have you on and uh, very excited to share a little bit with our listeners some of the great programs that USF has. So, But uh, Mary, you are going to lead us with a prayer that you all use for the pinning ceremony for the students. And it's a beautiful prayer, and I'm excited for our listeners to hear it. And I think it goes along with the self-discipline leads to, or self-control leads to self-discipline. Absolutely. And so this is what our teacher candidates um, read to all of their peers at the end of their program. We want to teach our students how to live this life on earth, to face its struggles and its strife, and to improve their worth. Not just the lesson in a book or how the rivers flow, but how to choose the proper path wherever they may go. To understand eternal truth and know the right from wrong and gather all the beauty of a flower and a song. For if we help the world to grow in wisdom and grace, then we shall feel that we have filled our place. And so we ask your guidance, God, that we may do our part for character and confidence and happiness of heart. It's a beautiful prayer, and I you have to love the poetry in it because yeah, that's that's yeah. another grace to yeah, it. Yeah. So the teacher candidates read this, and it really sounds like it becomes part of a, a mission and a philosophy for why they want to be an educator and what they're about to do with their career. Is that am I understanding that right? Yeah, and I think it's uh the their understanding at the end that they have a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that there's more mm-hmm. than just the textbook. There's this whole p- child that they're teaching. And part of that comes with teaching them how to be a, a self-disciplined per- learner and a self-disciplined um, goal seeker and Good Amen. person to their friends. That's beautiful. One of uh, a veteran teacher I really respect when I first started teaching, she really wanted me to know this just as she took any new teacher under her wing. And she's actually since home with the Lord. And, and you know, the Lord gave her this beautiful career of just, I think, over 50 years actually teaching. Uh, but when I had met her, she was probably in 30 in something. But anyway, she shared, what is it that you're teaching when you show up to teach? And, you know, I was teaching high school at the time. I was teaching world history and econ. And so I, you know, I thought about that and I said, well, you know what I had? She knew my schedule. You know, you know, I'm in social studies. This is what I'm doing. She said, Zach, you're teaching people. You're teaching mm-hmm. students, right? You're, you're teaching love children of God. So, Mary, that prayer, uh, as an introduction for a listener to St. Francis, is perfect. Thank you for sharing it. It's it's beautiful. So, I wanted to ask you all a little bit, and certainly I'm blessed to know this, and, and I take great joy in serving as an adjunct professor, which I know we all know, to uh, be a colleague of yours and, and help at the graduate level. But I think it's really exciting about the program that we offer. And it's exciting that there's learners from Fort Wayne, Indiana, there's learners from around the Midwest and then the nation and the world. So I wanted to ask you all about kind of starting this program. So for the graduate level transition to teaching, this was envisioned to be entirely online. And it was envisioned that way before anybody heard the word COVID. And I think that's a really important (laughs) thing to add, right? 
Yeah, how, absolutely. Who at the school helped you know get get that created, and how did that vision come to fruition? I'd love to know more of the history there. So I'm going to let Dan take this, but first of all, the the transition to teaching student is a career changer. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone who's been called to teach, and and it is a vocation to be a teacher. And so I think Dan can probably fill in the background on where the program was initiated and how we've grown it over the years. Sure. Well, the program uh, began, uh, I guess, in earnest, so to speak, uh, out of uh, <laughs> out of necessity, uh, because at the undergraduate level, uh, USF decided to end its secondary education program. Okay. So it just made sense to uh, move to an online uh, modality, which was at that time coming into the forefront of education. Sure. And uh, so we did uh, end our undergraduate secondary education and started with secondary um transition to teaching and master's degree. Right. We already had a parallel program in special education that was not technically in our virtual campus, oh, okay. although a lot of the pro- a lot of the courses were online. Sure. So, I think when Juanita came, we transitioned all of those into the virtual campus. Sure. And then what, 2 years ago, I think we added elementary education. Excellent. So it has sort of grown incrementally and then been sort of burgeoned <laughs> at some point as well. So, uh, Well, the growth is exciting. And, it is. And you all had shared that with myself and some of the other adjuncts and some other uh, stakeholders and friends of the university. But if I'm remembering right, I think the growth went from, was it something like about 300 enrolled at one point to almost 900 or even over that? Am I remembering the numbers right? We wish. We, yeah. we wish. No, I'm, I'm doing that incorrectly. Okay, yeah. forgive me. Remind me of what the numbers so look like. I think like. it was probably around 25 to like 150. Yeah, yeah. Were, am I getting 300 so, around? Was that ever an enrollment number at one time? That may have been a total undergraduate and graduate at one point. Okay, I think that's you know, what number I had. Yeah, so I sorry think I had the, that the history of St. Francis, when it was founded as an education school, the numbers were huge okay. in the um, graduate and undergraduate program. And sure. then education, it kind of fell off and then it's rebuilding again because there is this mm-hmm. giant teacher shortage. Mm-hmm. Yes. And really, I mean, I don't know about Mary and Dan, but I think the beauty of our transition to teaching program and our virtual campus is that it's a response to the needs of the state and the nation, yeah. you yes. know, and we've yeah. really evolved in what we can offer our students. So we have the secondary program where we know math and science teaches, teachers are needed everywhere. Yes. Um, we have the special ed component, and that can be either mild intervention or for our more um, intense needs students. And then with the addition of the elementary, we're seeing that as a shortage now, which never yeah. in a million years Imagine. would I have thought <laughs> that was a shortage area. Sure. So really seeing how we've been able to adapt to the needs yeah. of what of our students need, you know, the K-12 students need. We've been able to continue to support that through these programs. And one of the neat things that has taught us to improve our program and reflect upon our program is, uh, are the students that are beyond the Fort Wayne and even mm-hmm. the Indiana area? Mm-hmm. We've had students in Georgia, Hawaii, um, Taiwan. Guam. Yes. Yeah. Guam. So we've had yes. students mm-hmm. uh, Michigan, Obviously, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. surrounding states are a given, but we, we really feel connected to the, 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 the concept that these people that are career changers, no matter where they are, mm-hmm. can become high-quality teachers through mm-hmm. our program. Yes. Oh, that's, right. that's phenomenal. And I think for the adult learner to be at a 
somewhat of a self-paced. You know, we in within the industry we call that asynchronous learning that there's right. not you know a clock attached to it, but there still are weekly checkpoints and weekly guidelines and, and due dates. So it's it's not a complete you know for X amount of weeks or X amount of months. You, you right. just make it as you go entirely. But but there is some self-pacing to it. And so I think for a listener, there there could be a parent out there that hasn't considered this for an adult child and or themselves. Right. themselves you know, absolutely. Right. Right. And they may not even really know, like, well, what does it look like actually? You know, obviously I'm okay, I'm gonna be on a screen, it's online, but but so um, of course I'm I'm aware of that. But share with our listeners. So what's the platform? What is it how is a course set up? What do we use? What's the tool look like? Just to give somebody a little sense of what that what that looks like. So there are eight week courses. Um, they're through the Canvas um, platform, which there's parents may be well aware with their own sure. students mm-hmm. using Canvas. Um, l- lots of our students like Professor Coyle. <laughs> You're kind to say that. Thank you. It's fun. <laughs> um, but in 18 credit hours, you can be a secondary uh, teacher. So um, one of the, so if you got a business degree and, and don't want to teach business in high schools because they need math teachers. If you take our 18 credit hour program, we watch you in the field teach because we think it's important that you have somebody supporting your development as a practitioner. Um, And then our student teaching, of course, which they can do while they are hired. Um, So many people out there listening who might be interested in teaching at a secondary school or special education and get a job on an emergency permit or an alternative license they certainly have the ability to go through our program while they're working. Right. And that's, that's a Absolutely. phenomenal grace. And we find uh, in recent years that uh, many of our candidates, teacher candidates, our students, uh, actually have full-time teaching jobs already. They've been hired under emergency permits or alternative uh, licenses. Right. Yeah. Like right now, we have like 85, 86% of our graduates who are in the field are already full-time teachers. Sure. And sort of they were sort of thrown into the classroom. And so part of part of me feels like we're 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 helping them stay afloat. And one of the nice things is the email you shared with me about the student in the science and math methods oh, sure. is they have a chance to apply mm-hmm. what they're learning directly yes. into their right. their practice. Oh, I cherish that feedback. It mm-hmm. was it was really great. I do too. That's nice. The yeah. other thing about this, as far as the, the self-discipline part of this program is, yes, you have to be determined that you can do this mm-hmm. and you can be a teacher and keep that passion going mm-hmm. because it is fast-paced. But our faculty is, as you know, in your dealings with your students in our program, over the board supportive and helping our students meet those goals because sometimes life gets in their way yeah. Um, and self-discipline goes out the window when life is in the way. Oh, and, and so I think we a, help them. A powerful practice there that I hold in my heart that I've, I've seen as God's presence right, right off the gate. And that there's the student advisor for the students in the program. And, you know, we can maybe lose track of, well, I am working or I have a family mm-hmm. or, or I have whatever commitment. Mm-hmm. And so I'm also committed to the program. And I know the program has a due date, but I'm, now, I'm, now I'm slammed with something urgently right. needing my attention right. tomorrow. But that advisor to step in and offer counsel and support and check in and right. make sure we understand the the workflow and when when's the due date there. And to be an advocate and, and to help somebody maybe get a little grace, you know, if there's if there's something that, that uh, just needs a little bit of Yeah, and coaching. I think it's important, too, if I can just interject that, that – our teacher candidates, those in the program at the grad level, well, any level, really, uh, 
understand that we are supportive. They have to trust us. Yes. That and to reveal when they are struggling. We find our problems right. are when they're, they're not trustful, let's say. And you know, Dan, I think you hit uh, yourself as an educator a nail on the head that if somebody hasn't thought about just the the field that we're in, I think you hit the foundation of all excellent teaching is trust. And, you know, we think about it from the Christian standpoint of, of Christ trusting the apostles, even knowing a betrayal would be there. Mm-hmm. But that that trust allowed the other disciples, the other apostles right. to then carry on the start of the church and, and spread the faith. Yeah. The trust now in a pragmatic way, we trust our students to be able to manage that responsibility and live that self-discipline and then to carry to the students they're serving, right? So that's right. beautiful. I did think about your commitment to see teacher candidates in the field. This to me is another sign of God's grace I have to ask you all about. So you have made a fairly significant effort for mileage as, as far as I know. I mean, literally mileage, right? About how far you'll drive. We all wanted to go to Hawaii. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, you have to go up for that one, right? So what is, what really, I mean, how, how would you say is like the farthest you have driven so far to be able to see someone in the field and support them in that transition to teaching mode? Maybe Indianapolis? Indianapolis, right. For our graduate I, students. For graduate right. students, sure. I went usually. to West Lafayette area. West Lafayette, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're talking so, about a one, two-hour drive hours. easy, you know, or even a little bit longer. And that's that's pretty inspiring because that's that's not something you can just pick up and, and do at the drop of a hat. Right. You know, so. Right. And, you know, another quality of our program that I'd like to share is I think our adjuncts are all like-minded. Hmm. And knowing that they're trying to complete, help support mm-hmm. a person finish their goal. Or, or that maybe they've been wrestling with for many years. Yes. And maybe some of them even quit their jobs because I have to focus on becoming a teacher. Right. And so I think all of our adjuncts and then the this university supervisors when they're out in the field yes. are also watching for those qualities that we know at, as the University of St. Francis we want to see in our students. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if if they are not meeting those standards, we help them. And we give them extra hours or we give them extra lessons to do and we go back and see them again. So there's a real right. strong ladder of support for the, our students in the field. Because ultimately, we want them to be successful. Absolutely. You know, when they enroll, we want them to be successful. So we will give them the tools that they need, just like when they're done and they're practicing being a teacher and actually doing it as a career, they're going to help their students too. Because at the end of the day, they're people, like you said yes. before. It's the humanity first, and then we teach the content, and mm-hmm. then we, you know, we mm-hmm. offer those supports so they are successful. Yes. Otherwise, I don't. There would be no point in doing it without those students. Oh, amen. So, <laughs> and they're the individuals that bring the joy. You know, yes. the mm-hmm. kindergartner that comes and hugs you, even though they have that snotty nose, like, absolutely, <laughs> yes. bring it on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and the adult learner, they come, they su- ask for that support, and then we support them however they need that. I've um, seen that. And I, I think it's, you know, so many things about online learning. I think a listener might perceive, okay, so, you know, maybe I know Canvas, maybe I don't, I can find out. So it's it's a great platform and it's very organized and the content's there. But someone might think, oh, well, that's what I have then, right? I have Canvas and I have email to interact with somebody who, who becomes my professor then, but it's so much deeper than that. And for some students, they, they happen to have an understanding for that content and it works for them. Mm-hmm. And great. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. the Lord's grace too. But in many cases, somebody might hit a stumbling block. And I've seen you all time and again step in with phone support, with Zoom support, possibly with in-person meetings if they are in the area. So that's, that's an option, but there's so one really sto- a beauty there. One story I'd like to share, and it comes from the course you teach, Zach, 
um, when I taught that class, when it's, when we think about classes that we've liked to teach online, I like the science and math methods. Oh, yes. Um, one of the lessons is they have to teach a lesson in science and on camera, and they have to pretend they're in front of students. Well, one of our students, in order to get her mind set and ready to go, put all of her daughter's stuffed animals out in front of her. Yes. <laughs> and she delivered the instruction to each of the little animals sitting in front of her. And mm. it was it was such um it was so heartwarming. It was. And it was so affirming that this woman does want to be a teacher. And yes. she ended up getting two masters out of our program. Oh great. She was all in. She was. Mm -hmm. It she is was. heartwarming. There's there's a humility of heart there. That's that's a beautiful grace, mm -hmm. you know. I love seeing the spouses or the children come in for required oh, <laughs> activities. Yes. We require the um our special ed students to do a case conference. So that would be when we come in and discuss the IEP for the um, child with a disability, but they're required to have a script and other um, members that would be in the school. So I see spouses and the siblings and they're all there. Oh, I teach math. And, the, you know, this is a seventh grader right. reading what they're doing right. for their mom or dad, whoever is the <laughs> special ed teacher. So it's really great to see um, the commitment really um, to do that. And and their ingenuity about how to manage mm -hmm. the, Absolutely. the, the <laughs> assignment. Mm -hmm. Given yeah. that we're in an online environment, yeah. they, they're really clever about there what they deliver to us. Genuine creativity. It's yes. a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's a great segue to think, too, about special education mm -hmm. because uh, Juanita is really known in the Diocese of Fort Wayne South Bend as a, as a leader uh, for special education. That's and why we right, stole her. Amen. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I know that uh, a listener wouldn't know this, Juanita, but, you know, you have really started or really boosted uh, so several programs in the well, diocese and schools. So thank you for saying so that. Thank you for your love there, too. But, yeah, tell us a little bit about philosophy. So there could be listeners tuning in right now that, you know, have heard the term, but really don't understand the approach to special education um, or or really a thinking about how do we serve the student and how do we help ultimately guide them, you know, to be able to realize their full potential. What are some what are some guiding thoughts? What are some principles you want a teacher candidate to receive from you? Walk us through that a little bit. Uh, well, first and most important, we talk about etiquette. Yes. So we always talk about the child first and then the disability. You know, yes. the disability yes. does not necessarily inform everything about that child. They're right. a child of God first. And I mean, then God we is literally support. smiling yes. right now. I, I just for <laughs> I can't see God. I'm not, I'm not, you know, crazy out there, but he is. I know he's smiling. At the yeah. Moment. So once yeah. we can see, oh, this is a child, they just learn differently. Yeah. They may look a yeah. little different. So then coming up with that individualized, you know, instruction for them. And really that's what special education is. Yes. It's recognizing the individuality of that child, seeing their gifts, recognizing strengths, and then developing goals and then supports from there. So really once we can teach our students, we embrace the whole child, and then we support them where they're at, that's where we go. That's really our philosophy. And the beauty of our program, especially our on-ground program, all of our students take an introduction to special education course. Yes. So when they come out, whether they have a special ed license or not, they have that respect and understanding of different disabilities and recognize the beauty of each disability so and what important. it brings to the classroom. Absolutely. Because they're in the classroom, all of yes. these kiddos. You know, it's not—you don't yeah. have this— yeah. You know, right. classroom with all A-plus that, students. And that sort of dovetails very well with one of our Franciscan values Absolutely. at the university, which is to reverence the unique Need dignity to. of the <laughs> individual. Amen. And uh, I think that's what, you know, that's really mm -hmm. special ed uh, embodies that. And, and, and coming off of that also, um, in our <clears> – <throat> every time our undergraduate students, which we have elementary education, special education, and visual arts – Every time they write a lesson plan that they're either going to deliver 
in the classroom for real or just for us to see where their skills are, Mm -hmm. they have to come up with ways and means to meet the needs of all learners in their Mm -hmm. classroom. Right. They're just not allowed to think about it. Um, yes. And They're then, very in tune to yes. Yes, who they is are. in their classroom and what right. those children need. And they have to identify that, identify potential issues, and come up with the solutions before even teaching it. That way, when they get in it, they're in that mm-hmm. moment. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. I know what I can do for that. So, right. it's so just that's, really that's a moment, too, of, of serious self-discipline for the teacher candidate, right? To really right. think through mm-hmm. and then to start practicing, yeah. too, actually, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. That that desire is real. And and I really do want to compliment you all because I, I think there was a time in education, and I, I think it's a time now that has passed, but one where maybe we didn't see schools really, really embracing all learners. Mm-hmm. And there was sometimes an attitude perhaps of uh, even a lack of welcome or barrier. And I feel like that is something that Absolutely. the Lord in His grace has, has allowed to come down. And I, and I didn't even know until this moment, actually, that all of the undergraduate students have to do the intro to special ed. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. Mm-hmm. You know, because if we hear as teacher candidates that, oh, child has dignity first principle, amen, I'm on board with it, you know, so then then that desire to serve is, is very, I, I think, very evident, you know. We also, every time a, a student, our teacher candidates present a lesson in the field out into a classroom, whether they're in our graduate programs or our undergraduate programs, we evaluate them on their Franciscan values because, as Juanita said, see the child first as a child of God and an yes. important person in that classroom. And then how do you do that? And then even your peers, you know, how do you see them sure. adding to your ability to be an effective teacher? So that whole collaboration piece that is critical for teachers' success is evaluated under our Franciscan values. Well, I love that you brought up, Mary, the peers, because, you know, I think one of the greatest strengths at St. Vincent's in a school that that has a special education program that if they do it really well is— it requires team, right? Yes. So you, you might have teachers who are special educators. Right. You have teachers who are general educators. They need to be a team for the dignity of that child. And I've seen that, and it's it's just so exciting. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I, I do really think our Catholic schools have worked hard to overcome, but it's, it's through leaders who help. I think the teacher candidates learn this is actually an invitation to have a lot of fun, to be very professional about it, but to have a lot of joy and, and to serve somebody's unique dignity. And, you know, Mary, the vision to evaluate on the Franciscan value, USF gets serious credit for that. I, I think there's sometimes in the in the Catholic Church as a whole, at least in the U.S. Catholic Church, sometimes that can be an area that we're still sharpening about what data are we going to measure for how we're doing in our schools? And how are we going to know that we're really living our faith in a way that is authentic and reaches our students? And so that's that's beautiful that you're assessing well, for I, it. You I know? think that we all understand the, the, the background of St. Francis and his Mm-hmm. and his open heart <clears throat> to everybody and every living thing. And so mm-hmm. we feel very confident that our students understand the importance that we're watching for those characteristics of our university when they're out in the field and when they're interacting with colleagues and students. And I think his desire to serve, you know, you, you would all know his story at a deeper level than I would, but knowing that he was born into a family of wealth, and actually had that call in his heart so deeply to serve others that where our world is now, there's so many who would never turn their back on on a free handout, so to speak, of, of family wealth. But he wanted that. He wanted to go and serve way more than he cared about, you know, whatever monetary amount then or, or what it mm-hmm. meant to have that mm-hmm. supposed prestige. For him, it was 
I am going to go find the dignity of the other and give them my all. And that certainly guides, I think, my experience in the education department at St. Francis. That's Absolutely. teaching. That's yes. teaching. It's a life yeah. of service. Yeah. It's, giving, you know, right. it's giving everything we have, yeah. whether that's yeah. you know, support through having a conversation with a child and saying, hey, how's your day? Mm-hmm. You know, Or it's, did you need a pencil? I have a pencil for you. Buying supplies, all of that. Yes. So it's a life of service, and it's a vocation. It's a calling, and our candidates learn that really early. And then we see them live that out. So it's, it's really a beautiful thing. That's so good. So what are what are some strategies that you think a, a candidate in special education might learn to help respond to students with different needs? What are what are some? Th- I mean, there's so many, <laughs> and obviously that's a really tough question because you really could spend hours. But as you said, we might need to come back a couple more times. But do, I mean, is there one or two that just jumps to mind or jumps to your heart that says, you know, this is one that we really come back to often? Is there something like that for you, Juanita? Um, I think Mary hit on it a little bit, but that collaboration piece, recognizing this is not a one-person job. Yeah. Um, you know, one person might be responsible for all the paperwork, but at the end of the sure. day, that student is going to be traveling throughout the building. Um, parents are. Involved. And parents are such a critical piece yes. of planning for a child with special needs. And, you know, yes. they have a, they are a voice for their child. They know them in a different way. Um, so them being involved in that. And our students, they actually practice calling parents, which is That's really, really entertaining. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, it <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> but it was something, you know, I think about my own teacher training. And I, I'm a product of St. Francis. So, um you know, I thought, I still remember the first time I had to call a parent and I hyped myself up, you know, I was really nervous. So that's something we've integrated into our program. And, you know, Dr. Rebenhoff and Dr. Dr. Torlone serve as my parents sometimes in their scenarios and really learning how to be collaborative with them. You know what Um, I think, this might strike you as odd, but what I think a key (laughs) word is in this, calling, right? Because our teacher (laughs) candidates are not used to that. You know, so much of the world has shifted for them. That's right. Voice, actual voice to voice. I mean, we, right. we see I that. love a good email, but at the end of the day, yeah. sometimes you have to call. Absolutely. I, <laughs> well, that's actually what I wanted to stress yeah. is that we, we really work on that as a school is that commitment. Because mm-hmm. an email really, um, especially when there's a chance for some possible misunderstanding mm-hmm. and we need to clarify a common vision for the child, mm-hmm. email cannot do that. You yeah. know, there, you really need that, that human component. So and what to, a beautiful thing that they're calling, <laughs> you know. The other thing I think is important that Juanita has brought to our program is she's taught our students to advocate for those children. Mm, and, yes. I, and and as the special education teacher, they're, any teacher, their job is to advocate for the best placement for that child and the best way for that child to learn. Yes. And so I think we don't like them to sit back and just let education happen to those kids. We want our teacher candidates to know that they have a say in that, and their say is important because they, they've they learned all these strategies, and they know how to help those children with needs, so be an advocate for that student. Amen, and that's that's a perfect tie into God's presence in this, and which I think for many listeners sort of, sort of becomes kind of something they pick up on when they're listening. But we, we talk about the self-discipline needed in one sense for a candidate on the transition to teaching side, but undergraduate or special education side too— and that if you're going to be an online learner, you really need to have a lot of that. But what we're just thinking about, for a teacher candidate to learn to advocate for the child, for the student that they will serve, there is absolutely discipline and even courage needed. And then, again, Dan, your point earlier, trust, right? That if I step up to advocate, I'm not going to encounter a colleague or somebody else in the institution who's going to step on that and say, no, you're out of line. You know, we're not going to help this. No, like, no, <laughs> you know, you're going to, you're going to encounter yeah, maybe some different strategies and maybe some, some areas where you need to think through and maybe redirect one idea in, in favor of another, but you are going to encounter a commitment 
I know in the Catholic schools to serve that child well. And I think that's very much evident in any, you know, educational environment. So um, the layer of self-control is beautiful, but I, but I also think how USF prepares a teacher candidate to be able to instill in the students they teach at whatever level that will be, their own self-discipline. That's something that clearly, as we're talking about advocacy mm-hmm. and trust, I don't think you can really have a successful self-discipline if you're incapable of trusting others. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a kind of an oxymoron because we're talking about self-discipline, but yet we we need others to guide us with that and to strengthen that, right? So that's awesome. Well, I think uh, one other aspect that we want to do in, in the episode today is just give a parent a tip. So one tip certainly is to check out St. Francis because there's a lot of good happening, right? <laughs> but we always try to give a response for family life. And and I think that's something that a parent, you know, you might have children who are younger yet who aren't at the college level, but you may well have adult children and, and uh, other adults in your life who could benefit. So one of the things we've kind of touched on today is, is just one tip is just the idea of self-control being the fruit of the Holy Spirit evident in some of this programming is that it's going to require self-discipline. And so we have teacher candidates who are living that, who are learning to advocate, who are actually showing that in their work. I'm, I'm really thinking about actually the candidate with the stuffed animals is, is to really get in the mindset of actually teach. And it was beautiful. Yeah, that was like such a great example of self-control being, being present. But we also thought we have such wonderful educators here who are also parents. And they were thinking a little bit before we actually came on uh, the podcast today about what would it look like to give some of our families tips for how they can help their own children? And there's a couple that that you all shared that I think we've got to bring up. So Juanita, you first talked about goal setting and, and your own children are, are younger yet, but yes. give us a little bit on what does that look like for you? Um, so my boys, gosh, they're bouncy balls. <laughs> so we talk a lot about, okay, you know, what goal can we do this week? What do you want to improve on? We talk about improving a lot. So we come up with a goal, whether that's, you know, putting your shoes in the basket or mm-hmm. getting your homework out without me being asked uh, or asking them to. Um, but really working towards something bigger and working towards something better. Like, okay, do um, did you remember to say your act of contrition? And did yes. you help um, your little brother do it too? So yes. just different goals and they they change from week I mean, to that's week. Exciting. Yeah, but it connects yeah. with what they're doing at school. With yeah. home, too, and I talked about that a little bit earlier. Anytime the parents can connect with what's going on at school and really reinforce what the teachers are doing, the teachers are on their side. And I think we have to remember the teachers are on the parents' side. Amen. And the parents, yes. we want to be yeah. on the teacher's mm-hmm. side. And, and I think together. for teachers, too, knowing parents are, are on our side. It's one side, mm-hmm. and the side is for the kid, right? Absolutely. So, okay, so yep. that's one tip. So yep. the goal setting, yep. that's a beautiful example. Dan, you were expanding on that. You had mentioned that um, one of the programs that St. Francis has is the candidate— um, um, advocation, right? Uh, remind me, CAC. I'm getting the acronym wrong. I'm so sorry. Right. It's called Candidate Advancement Committee. Sorry about is that. What that is. Yeah. Apologize. Yeah, I've had yeah. the acronym wrong. That's fine. But you tied that in with the goal setting. So walk us through what that looks like. Well, when when there is a teacher candidate who uh, is experiencing a challenge, let's say, in yes. meeting uh, program program standards, um, and we feel needs a team. Team support, we call what we uh, the CAC, Candidate yes. Advancement Committee, yes. and we real intentionally use that term advancement because it's not a disciplinary in the sense of uh, uh, punitive Peter, right, uh, right. event at all. And uh, we work with that candidate to come up during that meeting uh, x number of goals sure. and put maybe a timeline to it and 
make it as concrete as possible. That's great. And so I think for parents listening in, that's one other great tip about goal setting with your families being very, very fruitful and effective. Mary, you were sharing something that I think is so important for parents, especially, well, I say especially of grade school, but I think it's it's even maybe more important in high school and college years, but that idea of a really deep reflection on the day. And so, you know, you were kind of talking uh, about just asking your child, how was the day, but not settling as the parent for, well, recess was fun, lunch was good, right? So um, just just remind us a little bit, like, what are some of those questions that that you might try to draw out for a so child? So when, when, when your child says, and you say, how was your day at school? And they say, good. What was good about it? And if they say lunch, well, what's, what came after lunch? What did you do after lunch? Or what was before lunch? Yes. Um, they usually are all taking a math class. Ask them to show you some math that they did. So anything, anytime a parent can connect directly to what the child can recall that they did during the school day is not only a good connection for the parent to know what the child's learning, and not just because it's frustrating homework that they have to get done, because really their day has been filled with many lovely and learning learning mm-hmm. experiences. Yes. And so to to focus on one bad math worksheet <laughs> or challenging math worksheet is not a reflection of how that child's day went. Oh, that's so beautiful. So, that's so important so, to say. Yeah, Thanks. help them help them we have a saying in education and you've probably done this yourself that we walk out of the door at the end of the day with the the worst memories of the day instead of the best mm. memories. Yeah. So I might say 10 of my students didn't pass this test, but 100 did. Right. Mm -hmm. But I focus Mm -hmm. on the 10 that didn't. So as a parent, the good thing is to also try to get your child to focus on the good things of that day because there was maybe 10% of it went awry, Mm -hmm. but 90% of it went smoothly and generously. Just like at a deep level. You know, the Lord wants us, I I truly believe our church teaches this, you know, to focus on the joy and, and with gratitude about our day. But but he knows that because the the human heart when when you have sin in the picture like it's so easy to focus on just oh well this was defeating this was negative so what a great positive tip about just drawing out from from your own children what was good about their day and what can they be proud of in that in that moment now if you, you know? ask my children they'd say I just yelled at them and said Get your <laughs> <laughs> no. well we do have to help them learn the self discipline right so. Uh, but one last tip here, because we actually have way more than two, and I even think about two for a lot of our episodes, but this is great. So if you're a listener, lucky you, this is a good day for you. You were all kind of sharing this, just about that encouragement as a parent to genuinely talk with your child's teacher and to not be afraid of that and to to really make that a conversation for one versus an email, but to really enter into that and with trust, again, that we're on the same team. The team is the child and and his or her success and joy, right? So- um, I don't know if there's a there's a tip about a comfort level, but I, I think it's as simple as trust that your teacher is receptive to that and pick up the phone and call. I don't is there is there well, more I, on your mind on that at all? I, I just after almost forty years in education and knowing hundreds and hundreds of teachers, I can't recall one teacher who walked in the day into the school that day and thought, I'm gonna mess up this kid's world right. today. Oh, of course. Right. Of so course. they don't do that. <laughs> right. Things happen. Sure. Any time in any school day, but the teachers are there for the child. Amen. And I firmly believe that, or we wouldn't be preparing more teachers. And one of the joys in my heart is that I think in the Catholic realm, when we can speak to it explicitly, our teachers are there for the Lord and bringing the children to the Lord as well. Mm -hmm. And I certainly have felt that at St. Francis. So it's really been a, a joy. 
Well, I think in closing, just to thank you all, you know, the idea of, of the self-discipline that is so promoted by the St. Francis programs is, is to me a joy and it's been a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, you all inviting that to happen for your students and then themselves as teacher candidates for their own students. Mm -hmm. Such a joy. Thanks for the great tips. It's really been a very uh, great episode to just share what our parents who are listening can take away from that. So, Well, and just to add for any listeners, because I'm going to do a shameless advertisement. You um, need to. Beyond yeah, our, good. you know, some I've heard some people say in Fort Wayne that St. Francis is a, is the hidden gem of Fort Wayne. We have wonderful programs and and the faculty there are supportive just like we are of our teacher candidates. So if if they if they wonder about the University of St. Francis and the 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 sticker cost of sure. our tuition, meet with financial aid and talk to them and and find out what it will actually cost you to send your school your 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 child to a beautiful liberal arts college right in the heart of Fort Wayne. With active, uh, which very few schools can really promote this, but with the sisters active on campus yes. Yes. and a real part mm -hmm. of it, you know, mm -hmm. and to know that the financial supports are there for for the mm -hmm. families that may uh, need it and then qualifies, I think, important for anyone considering college costs. You know, right. We have a thing called the Franciscan Promise, mm -hmm. um, which is a specific financial aid package for families that may um, re uh, qualify for it. So great. You know, it's nice to put St. Francis on the map in Fort Wayne because it is a beautiful college and well, doing the, the work of St. Francis. It is a beautiful college. I mean, but physically, it's beautiful. And hidden gem, keep the gem. Let's just drop the hidden <laughs> and, and get people coming, yeah, right? right? I love it. That's yeah. great. Well, God bless you all. Thank you. And listeners, tune in next week for more Spirit in the Schools here from St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Fort Wayne on some exciting programs on faithfulness. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. God bless you all. You've been listening to Spirit in the Schools. Zach Coyle has been your producer and host. This episode was edited by Tony Marks. And for more information, go to spokestreet.com slash spirit. Spirit in the Schools.